The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So Michael O'Leary is saying now the Ryanair boss who has made a career out of driving down airline prices and promising cheap flights is saying that the era of cheap flights is coming to an end. That the average fare of €40, Euro, apparently that's what an average Ryanair flight costs. You can get a lot of them more expensive but a lot of them cheaper as well. But that €40 Euro was going to become €60. Euro. So will that stop people flying? We have two guests with us. Um... John Gibbons, you're our weekly environment commentator. What do you make of this uh, €60 average fare for flight? Is that going to put people offline, do you think? Uh, Good evening, Matt. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think Michael O'Leary has inadvertently identified something that his critics have been pointing out for years, and that is that aviation enjoys a a crazy free ride compared to almost any other human activity. Uh, And, of course, that's because uh, aviation fuel due to an arcane 1944 regulation that actually came in during the Second World War. Uh, aviation fuel has been free from VAT, from duties, and from all the normal taxes that you and I pay on, on petrol, diesel, etc. And aviation fuel has had this, this crazy exemption. Now, back in the day, Matt, that probably didn't matter all that much because I suppose uh, aviation was really a, a very small thing, a very small thing. Then about 50 years ago or so, it exploded, and it, it, it's now the fastest-growing global source of of pollution, as in aviation emissions, are growing faster than anything else. And it's a particular problem, Matt, because unlike other sectors, like, for example, in the household, uh, you, can, you can retrofit your house to reduce your, your emissions, but you can't retrofit a jet aircraft really at all. So essentially, the only way of reducing emissions in the aviation sector is to reduce the amount of flying. And the only way to do that, in turn, is to make sure that the cost of flying reflects the huge costs involved, the environmental costs in particular. And as I say, aviation has been a free rider on that front for the last 60, 70 years. And, and that particular, it's really coming home to roost. So, so what would you like to see the average cost of a ticket being? It is 40 Michael O'Leary says within the next five years it might become 60. Would you like to see it being double that as a way of persuading people perhaps to fly less often? I think what we need to look for here is equity. The first thing to say, Matt, is in the entire world's population, fewer than one in five human beings has ever set foot on an aircraft or ever will set foot on an aircraft. So therefore, if you've been fortunate enough to fly, you're already in a global elite. Now, within that we find that 1% of the people who fly take over 50% of the flights and create over 50% of the emissions. Now, the problem, of course, is that rather than penalising excessive flying... uh, Airline companies do the exact opposite. They have frequent flyer points. They've got lounges for frequent flyers, etc. And that, of course, is because we we have a regulatory hole here. There's nobody saying, well, hang on, what's the real cost here? And the real cost here, of course, is the cumulative cost. Now, in April, the United Nations issued a statement and they said that the earth is on track to become, quote, unlivable, Matt, for billions of people unless we urgently cut CO2 emissions now. And what they mean by now, by the way, is they mean starting no later than 2025. Now, how can we do that? How can we reboot the cheap global aviation industry on the one hand when the United Nations tells us on the other hand that in doing so, we're locking ourselves on a pathway which basically means hell on earth for billions of people okay. in the coming decades. All right, we also have former Senator Podrigo Kedig with us, who, of course, founded Air Arran, which gave connectivity from the west of Ireland to 
Europe in particular. How do you feel about this idea of needing much higher air prices to try and dissuade people from flying too often? Um, I think I think fundamentally it's flawed, to be honest with you. Uh, there are significant unintended consequences. Um, like, for example, um, aviation uh, contributes approximately 2% of the overall pollution in the world. 2%. Quite frankly, Ireland contributes a fraction of 1%. We need to look at the big movers here, the big shakers like America, like China, uh, countries like that, and they need to start coming in and train because regardless of what we do, it's a drop in the ocean compared to the overall situation. Like, for example, cars. Cars are emitting a huge amount, much, much more than aviation, so there. And that needs to be looked at. Absolutely, I agree. I live in Connemara in the west of Ireland and I grew up in, in an environment like that that I love and I'm still living there but I think penalising people saying you're wrong in doing this wrong in doing that we're actually we're missing the puck of the ball so we are if you want to put it like that and what we need to do is look at the big picture and challenge the big picture yes in Ireland we've got to do our bit just one or two other points Matt Uh, it's not fair to say that the aviation industry are not very conscious of the environment and quite frankly the contribution they're making and they are working hard to reducing that like for example uh, the engines of aircraft have been changed on a regular basis Uh, they're looking at different forms of fuel for example like I was on I was chair of the board of Shannon Airport and there's a big initiative there to look at different forms of fuel rather than fossil fuel um, Ryanair for example that you mentioned earlier Michael O'Leary they've got particular wind tips on their on their on their airplanes now that actually they can actually minimize the cost and the amount of fuel that they use so that is because it's a huge cost they're looking at continually minimizing that and they are meeting all EU regulations and requirements that are out there at the moment yes there's much more to go we all have more to do. More. You, I, everybody who's listening have more to go. So, But I think just penalising people and kind of continually giving them a kick in the ass is, is not the answer. Ryanair, as we'll be discussing with Ian Guider later, flew 15.9 million people in the month of June. Now, the vast majority of those had nothing to do with Ireland because it's a major European airline. But given that there were still very significant numbers flying out of Ireland and we've seen the queues at the airports, do you think, Patrick, we've reached a stage whereby almost irrespective of the price that has been charged, people want to travel by airplane as part of their day, as part of their lives on an annual basis. Yeah, Matt, we're an island community. Our bridge fundamentally is is the airplane. We need international access and the airplane is the most effective way of doing it. Yes, we've got to continue to reduce our emissions. Absolutely we do. But in Ireland, we will continue to use it. We need it for our economy. We need it for tourism. We need it for business. So we're going to continue to use it. Having said that, in actual fact, and back to my days in Aer Lingus Regional and Aer Arne, we were carrying over a million passengers and we could see the sensitivity of one euro of a price increase. It was quite significant. So there comes a, there comes a tipping point above which, Matt, you're going to lose significant passenger numbers. And that is more pronounced or profound on some routes rather than others. And do you think, will that then prevent the government, which is looking to ways to maybe to recoup as much money for the likes of Dublin Airport and Shannon as possible after the losses in recent years and looks to the airlines as a way of bringing tourism into the country, won't touch the special tax arrangements on aviation fuel for fear of prices going up and then the volumes coming into and out of the country declining? Um, I don't know, but I'll, I'll, I'll just throw maybe a novel idea out to you that I've spoke to 
couple of government ministers about recently, something I've been looking at. If you go to Prague, my understanding, I've been there a few times, you don't pay for public transport. So you don't. Uh, tourists, for example, if you go tourism to Switzerland, there's a, there's, you get a, a voucher if you're a tourist that gives you free public transport in Zurich, Geneva, uh, Lausanne, where I used to go to. I actually suggested and put a proposal in that actually they give free travel to everybody on public transport for the next year. In other words, you've got almost 40% of all of the people in the country, like uh, school children, college kids, over 65, over 66, all getting free transport. Why not give it to everybody in the country for one year and get them to start moving over to public transport well, so more? The argument there is that there isn't the capacity available if everyone suddenly could travel for free. And also, you know this coming from rural Ireland, there are large parts of rural Ireland which simply doesn't have the public transport made available to it. Yeah, in relation to capacity, you're always going to have a capacity issue. But basically what is is changing the mindset, Matt, so is it. So it's going to happen over time. I actually believe they should actually go for it. And the fact that, for example, you have a 46A bus stopping outside the stop in Drumcondra and if it's full up in the morning it ain't going to stop there it's going to continue so it's, but it's, it's still there's lots of buses and lots of trains on which we've got 30-40-50% occupancy I think it's, it's a strong gesture in the right direction for the environment well, point Let me just finish with you on that uh, John Gibbons might that be an idea given that if actually cars are a greater contributor to uh, the carbon emissions in Ireland than air aviation coming into and out of the country. Do something in relation to getting people onto public transport instead of using cars would be more beneficial. Well, I, I love the way Porig uh, managed to switch the conversation away from aviation, which we actually came to talk about today. And let's instead talk about cars. So every sector is determined to talk about every other sector and determined not to deal with its own problems. And, and Porig also talked about the, the small contribution of aviation. And he, he quoted a figure of 2%. The actual figure is 3.8%, which doesn't sound like a lot, Matt. But if aviation were a country, it would be among the world's 10 largest emitters. And as I said, the problem with aviation, you can't, for example, switch to biofuels because we need land to feed people. So we can't be using land to feed aircraft. There is no easy way of mitigating aviation emissions. They're a fast-growing source of pollution. And the UN has been super clear about this. And this is what I don't get. And Porig also referred to a thing called tipping points. He, he, He mentioned tipping points with regard to price. We have other tipping points. They relate to planetary systems tipping into failure. Now, I find it amazing and extraordinary how we're continuing in 2022 to have this discussion about climate and emissions as if it has nothing to do with anybody, as if, well, we have our rights, we've always done this, we'll continue doing exactly what we've done. But meanwhile, we'll talk about somebody else and something else. We need to focus on our own responsibility. Every sector needs to stop passing the book. John will be back with us on Thursday, so I'll give you the last word today. The last word. Thank you. I'm not going to go into an argument with John. Uh, I think he's, I don't think he's correct when all his facts, quite frankly. And also, I moved from aviation when you asked me a different question about airfares. So I did. So it was in response to you, uh, to, to you Matt. Um, 
I believe airfares are going to increase. They're going to increase by 25%, but they're going to continue to increase for the next three to four years. We're going to have a reduction in passenger numbers. I believe we have a huge issue in Dublin Airport. I believe Baldonnell should be considered as a second airport. Like, for example, Belfast have two airports, Glasgow have two airports, London have seven or eight airports. We should look at that. Plus, also, I think we should reintroduce looking at Ulick McVaddy's uh, idea in relation to an independent terminal that will compete with Dublin Airport. And I think Ulick should be invited in by the Minister for Transport to actually go through his plans and see what could be done with that. We'll get back to that another day. We have to leave it there. We're out of time. Thank you very much uh, Patrick O'Kedig and John Gibbons. John will be back with us on Thursday for his weekly Environment Spot. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.